Hello and welcome to episode four of What's Haunting Your Head. Um, we're here. We came back. Sorry, the posting got a little funky. Things have been a little crazy. But... A little, you know, busy weekends. Oh my god. Okay, yes, busy weeks weekends. filled with love, death, and capitalism, and robots. No. Fewer robots than capitalism. That's not the point. Uh, we're busy. We're busy people. We have lives, uh, unfortunately, outside of being mad on the internet. Which I'm really good at being. She's good at being. I avoid conflict. I'm conflict avoidant. I used to pick fights with people on Nextdoor. I don't ever use that app. I've never used that app. Is I it an app? It. Or is it just like part of Facebook? It's an app. It's an app. I have it for my phone for our neighborhoods. So don't worry about it. I don't pick fights with people that much. Well, probably don't in this neighborhood. This is the type of neighborhood you get shivved for doing that. Fair. Um, not to say that it's bad. You can get shivved in any neighborhood. But it's more likely here. That's accurate. Yeah. Um, what is our topic today? Well, we titled this episode uh, Familial Trauma and How to Fuck. Yeah. So, so... Hopefully that gives you a little dichotomy of man action um that saying is stuck in my head so i will give myself two more and then i need you to start stopping me dichotomy yes okay and then tell me to just pick something new will do all right i probably won't remember i won't either you're (laughs) gonna hear that like nine times this episode however Quick reminder, we do have two cats. You will probably hear them running around. It's a little later this time, so they might be kind of chill. But they always run through our blindfold of recording. So if you hear that noise in the background, it's our cats. Also, all repetitive actions are self-soothing. So if you hear this noise, just know that I'm fucking with something. And I'm going to try to make him not do that. (laughs) We'll see how well both of us work out. Not well. No. Anyway, you wanted to start. Yeah, I'll start because you're still fleshing out what you want to talk about. Kind of, So yeah. hopefully I'll give you some ideas and maybe you can jump in sure. on me. Yeah. Um. So are you starting with familial, familial trauma or how to fuck? Or neither? Jorge Nolos Dose. I hate that. All right. <laughs> no. <laughs> Porn. Oh, yeah, we were talking about this. Yeah. This was interesting. It was an interesting concept. So uh, we were talking about... Not porn itself. Porn is a very... If you're into it, you're into it. Yeah, it's kind Um, of ubiquitous. Is that the word I'm looking for? There's still a lot of, like, negative association with it. Oh, sure. Which, understandable. But But if you're the type of person who has a negative association for porn, grow up. Stop being weak. <laughs> you are a coward. Oh my god, no. I'm just kidding. Kinda. Um, there are some negative sides to the porn industry. Sure, as there are in most industries. But Exactly. But being a, like an adult entertainer, if that's what you want to do and you're making good money at it, live your fucking life. I'm jealous. Absolutely. Go <laughs> the Mia Malkova route. Instead, I have to go to work every day and sit at a desk. And try not to kill people through email. And also not make $100,000 a year. Yeah. Not that I think a lot of 
people are probably making that kind of money in that well, industry. Some of them are. Some of them are. Uh, Belle Delphine is back. I hate that. From like a five-year hiatus. I hate that. I don't think she should be allowed in the porn sphere. I have a lot of it, ideas about her, but like, yeah. her opinions. I don't know enough about her. It's she has her, a really big sex toy collection. It's more her content that I that's, have issues that's with. That's fair. Uh, she does go for the kind of young... Like, at least Girl. she's an adult, but yeah. it's weird that she's appealing to that audience, yeah. you know? For, for those of you who aren't aware, there is a very public um, Twitter post mm-hmm. that she made. It's, like, photos of her for an OnlyFans, I think, thing that she I was think. doing. And she photoshopped her chest to look smaller, and she's wearing, like, a 10 or 11-year-old girl's, like, one-piece My Little Pony bathing suit from Walmart. And it just feels wrong. It, it rings a little too close to uh, like it, it, not it's, good stuff. Yeah, it just makes me really uncomfy. Like, at least she's an adult. Yeah. And, and that is important. She is an adult. She is a I legal she's adult. She's in like, her 20s. I think she's like 24. I think yeah. she's, yeah, I think she's like 24. About her age. Um, she is doing what she wants. It is consensual. I would rather have the people who are inclined to viewing that kind of content go to an adult proxy. But it's weird that there's a market for it at all. Like, right. that's what makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's not what we brought up talking about porn for. No. Uh, um, but sorry. you know what? The, that's what this show is about. Really, what this show come, boils down to is our uh, our hiatuses and and getting off track. and or tangents? Not yes. hiatus. Nope. That's not the word <laughs> I was looking for. Well, it was sort of hiatus. We took, like, two weeks off. Anywho... <laughs> Um, the step family oh, yeah. porn dynamic. Well, we were we were just kind of talking about like weird porn categories, but like the ones that are really popular. Yeah, so like exiting the porn nicheism into like what's on the front page of yeah. Pornhub you every pull single day. Pornhub was the first ten videos, you know. Um. Yeah, it's weird how many of them are, like, step-sibling. And a lot of those websites have, have like, categories now that are, like, step-sister, step-brothers, step-dad, step-mom. Like, it's weird. And, at least in my head, I don't know if it's how it fleshes out in the actual sphere, each category is specifically trying to appeal to a specific audience. Yeah. Like, a specific family member. You know, looking at things from the stepdad's perspective, it's like, obviously for a stepdad. Yeah. And if a stepdad is having those thoughts about his young daughter, Mm -hmm. regardless of if she's legal age or not, that's weird. You know what I think? It's a weird thing, man. You know what I think is also just as weird? And I understand, um, I'm going to preface this with, Porn is made for people who are over the age of 18, but with the ubiquitousness of the internet, it's really easy to get your hands on when you're underage. Um, I think it's just as uncomfortable, but in a very different way, that that like stepdad category is also being viewed by girls who are having those feelings about their older stepfather. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I... It's uncomfortable for me because it, I don't have a stepfather. I just have my dad. And, like, the idea of seeing my 
predominant male figure in a sexual atmosphere is really uncomfortable. I imagine back in the day, um, and by back in the day, I mean like 90s to 2000s. Yeah. It was the very handsome, very helpful, very nice teacher. Oh. Right? You know what I'm talking about? That whole category. And it just evolved over time because it's so nor- like social normative yeah. to have a non-nuclear family now Got it. where the mother marries another man, the father marries another woman, and suddenly you go from two to three to four plus parents. Yeah. And it's just natural that as, as our society progresses in that direction, um, people are going to sexual sexualize that space you know yeah. sex oh, sells that yeah. type of concept and with the i'm gonna try to word this in a way that's not weird but i don't know if i can okay. talking about porn on podcasts so not that big of a deal yeah um as top society so like if you think of an um, of umbrella of people hmm. the... umbrella or bell curve like an iceberg Okay. The top, the top of the iceberg, is the majority of people who watch porn or who engage in pornographic content. Right. It's just a lot of very surface level things. Yeah, and definitely not thinking about it even like five minutes after you've gotten to where you need to go, or five minutes before you're ready. Like it's not something that sits in your head, right? And so then, as you get farther down the iceberg, it gets more extreme. Things get more weird and then you hit the dark web and we don't talk about that that's i I don't like to think about that the dark Mm. web doesn't exist to me i try not to think about it um as this umbrella has the top of the the iceberg gets more exposure to more people the bottom levels are going to get bigger and then also as we have more open conversations about pornography kinks fetishes um, safe spaces, safe ways to explore your fetishes, and these conversations become more not commercial, kind of commercialized. As, yeah. as people are more comfortable talking about them, we will see the lower darker levels will get shifted up as things that were, oh my god, we don't talk about that. That's not something we want to talk about. Now makes its way up to the level of, okay, now we can put this on I don't know, some kind of sketchy porn site, and mm. then as things above it get more accepted to the next level of, okay, maybe now it's on like X videos and eventually it makes it to Pornhub, which is like top of the iceberg. Most people can scroll through it, look at whatever they want. There's some stuff on there that if you're not into it, it's like, eh. but for the most part, you're not going to see some really weird shit on Pornhub. You have right. to really hunt for it. And, and now with the way that they're being particular with the way they monitor and who yeah. can post, it's even more difficult yeah. to find the illicit, illegal, extreme you can't, stuff. I don't think you can even find the illegal stuff on, on Pornhub. There's either. always going to be, but it's so they're, hard they're going after there, And I think that that's an absolute win, an absolute yeah. positive. I think that, um, oh, man. oh, I was going to say, oh, didn't like a couple years ago, they removed like over 100,000 videos from their platform? Oh, no, it was like 2 million. 
Oh my god. Okay, yeah. yeah. I know they like gutted a bunch of the content on there that they were like, we are not comfortable I with. I think this. to this day you cannot post unless you're verified by them and they have an, a pretty intense verification process. Makes sense. You they have don't... to like appear, your, your your actual name has to appear like in an actual uh, publication. Yeah, like, you, you uh, have to be verified. You have, yeah, you have to be in the news, basically. In that sphere. In that yeah. sphere. Um, <clears throat> but... I think there's a couple reasons that that hap- has happened. Uh, um, child porn. That, gonna, is, that is the only reason. Well, I was going to get there. Yeah. Um, because if, if a video shows up on their platform and it gets distributed through their platform, they're held liable for it. Absolutely. So and they should be. The fact that they're covering their asses is, yeah. is really good. And the type of culpable responsibility that I want to see from these platforms is, you know, you can put in your submissions or mm. whatever and they have to go through, I don't know if they check them or watch the whole thing or what, but they make sure that the content is on the up and up for their platform. It meets their standards, it fits whatever niches, and it's not breaking any of their rules. Absolutely. And um, actually, going into kind of our private lives just a little bit, um, you had some content ripped. No, kind of. I'll get to that in a second. Sure. But not even that. I want to see that when people submit these... these um, like applications, mm. if they find something that's not in their standards, I feel like they should be just dumping it into the local police department. If it's like, this feels like it's non-consensual right. or this is questionably child porn. Like there should be somewhere that these big platforms can just dump it all into and they can go through it. And I'm sure there's some sort of a reporting procedure that most of these places have in place to because if they don't report it, they're culpable. They're, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, yes, kind of in a way. So, um, to your question about I had some stuff ripped. I have made content over the years. I've never posted um, anything sexually explicit. I was very clear about that. A lot of what I do when I do post it is for myself. Um, because, you know, throughout the worst years of my life, before I met you, and a little bit after I met you, because, you know, I was still in a dark place. But I was working through it. Um, I gained a lot of weight. I used to be five foot six, 130 pounds. I am now five foot seven and probably 230 pounds. I'm, I'm thick and I don't know how to live in my skin because it still doesn't feel like my skin. So I take these kind of sexy photos. I'll take my top off, but I never cover or I always like cover the sensitive bits like I would have no problem with these photos ending up on a billboard. Mm. And because of that, I post them on the platforms that I post them on. And there's this, so that's like a side note. So I do have this content that I make. It's not super spicy. It's a little like Tabasco. Call it risque. It's risque. It's like boudoir photos. Yeah. But uh, specifically, nothing that could really be considered nudity. No. But like NSFW. Yeah, like you wouldn't want to look at it while you're sitting at your desk, yeah. but if someone asked you about it in a job interview, I wouldn't have an issue. Yeah, what about it? Yeah, what about it? Like, yeah. it's, it's first not off, affect my work. You know? None of it has my face in it. Yeah. And second off, uh, it's under another name. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but the reason that I brought that up is that within 24 hours, that site that yes. was being 
fraudulently. Oh, I didn't even get into that. Let me get through it real quick. Forwarded. Uh, I'll let you talk about how they were fronting as like a, another website, and then I'll talk about my bit. And, okay. And what I really liked about how that interaction went down. Okay, so real quick, um, I have a bunch of Instagrams. That's just a fact about me. It's kind of a problem. But I have had one since 2012 as my main Instagram. And I started getting messages from people. And they're like, hey, is this you? Is this you? It was the same handle as mine with a little, like, underscore at the mm. end. And my same profile photo. But it was advertising, like, sexually explicit photos and videos. But with my face and my name. So they, there's like this, um, it's like a, an independent porn site, I guess. It's kind of like OnlyFans, but specifically for porn. Right. And they, the people who put my face on it had made an exact replica p copy of their website on a second website and then used my information in it. So right? in case, in case that's getting past you. It is not the original website. Yes. It, it was riffing off of it and also stealing content from other people. You had to get through a paywall and then they would have like your credit card information. It was a scam. Well, that's the thing. You get through the paywall, paywall, right? There's nothing there. There's right. no content. Almost you, certainly. Yeah. It says it's got like 300 videos and 7,000 photos or whatever. And you're like, okay, well, I want to access this. You pop your credit card information because it looks exactly like this actual legit website who was amazing during this whole process and then these the the other people steal your credit card information and there's no content and you're fucked right um i did not know that this was a fake website because it looks exactly the same yeah no they did a, exactly unfortunately they I, not to give credit to aggressors yeah to, to hackers but um they, they did, they, a, good they did a good job they did a good, on good. the outside the aesthetic of yeah. it was a good fucking job yeah but correct um everything uh, everything, everything. E even the line in, in the bar on what's it called the the url the url was oh, yeah. perfect yeah. Uh, it was seamless i wouldn't have even thought anything of it yeah and then when you clicked on it it said wix in front of it instead of www dot but when you look at it in your especially in your phone you yeah. can't tell yeah um so i'm fighting with instagram to get this profile removed i'm begging people to report it because i'm also terrified because even though, like I said, I'm not worried about any of my content being posted publicly, because guess what? I post it publicly. Yeah. Like, it's still a little jump of fear. It still, like, hits you. Absolutely, yeah. Um, especially because, like, even in our relationship, that I've sent you photos that I'm not sure I would want out on the internet. No, and I've sent you certain ones, too. Yeah, like... So. So it's just this this fear that someone has gotten a hold of this content and they're going to post it against your will. Yeah, absolutely. that's the fear. It's like revenge porn. Yeah, which is illegal in California. Um, but I reached out to this website. I was begging people to report it, and you also reached out to this website, and they said the same thing to you that they said to me. So I will let you go ahead and handle this. Yeah. So the gist of it was, hey, we're taking this up. Um, uh, to, to several different agencies and, and we're investigating it ourselves. It's not our actual website, so it's going to be very difficult for us to like do a whole bunch of stuff about it, but we're, we're going to make things happen for you is it was the gist of it. They reported it to the website's hosting site. So the people who the website was built on 
they reported it to them and then I reported it to them and you reported it to them. And all it took was that company and me and you and that website was gone in like six hours. And that and brings the, me to my next point. Oh, yeah. The Instagram profile is gone too, by the way. Yeah, which is icing on the cake at that point. Um, porn sites almost across the board will do that. Yeah. It, because it's, they have no shortage of material. Yeah. They don't need your revenge porn. Yeah. Or accidentally uploaded sex tape on there. They don't need it. It's not the thing that's going to bring them the revenue that they're looking for. And they it don't want... so easy for some moderator to just take it off. Yeah. And they don't want to deal with the legal bullshit if they refuse to. Absolutely. That's the, such the a only... quick lawsuit that the person's going to win. Yeah, absolutely. The only sites that I can think that you might have run into like some actual issues because it's either nearly unmoderated or the moderators can be really huge assholes is like reddit and 4chan 4chan for sure reddit i feel like if you were on some porn thing and you were like hey man this is revenge porn like please take it down i will prove to you that it is me i just need you to take it down they'd do it oh yeah, yeah. reddit would do it 4chan would tell you to get fucked 4chan is accessible it is accessible and i feel like they do a lot of illegal shit they used to. I don't know if they still do. Well, I mean, even like the gore video. I mean, we're not going to get into all that because it's just off topic. It's too far off topic for uh, for my liking. But someday we should do an episode on 4chan and all the legal issues that they've had over the years. I would like to do that if for only one reason. To talk about Q? I have never been on 4chan. Get the fuck out of here. I've never been on 4chan. Huh. Good for you. Thank you. It's a badge of honor at this point. Oh, yeah. Like, I, sorry, I know that we were talking about porn and we're going to take a real quick 180 here. You remember how there was all those, like, beheading videos that were on 4chan? Yeah. I never saw any of them. And that's not even where they originated. Either. I know. They were... I don't think I ever saw a beheading video. I never saw one either. The worst I saw, I think, was somebody put a shotgun in. Wow, we are getting really deep on this. Um, I've never seen someone die on video. What? I have seen hundreds, if not thousands, of crime scene photos. But I've never seen someone die on video. Huh. Yeah. Crazy. I don't think I've ever in my life seen a person die. Yeah, I feel like if you're careful nowadays, you can avoid it. But if you're not entirely sure of what content you're about to be consuming, there's there's like a solid chance in the modern age that you're just going to like stumble onto a video and somebody's going to put a fucking gun in their mouth or something. See, that's the thing is I was so traumatized. We'll get into the familial trauma bit here in a second. I forgot that was the other part of this episode. <laughs> um, no, I was so heavily traumatized when I was a little kid about anything scary that I just avoided all of that. Um, I remember I didn't watch my first horror movie, like adult 
big boy horror movie until I was like 16. And even then, I watched it on a laptop screen. Minimized. Because I was so scared. But I wanted which to Which almost makes it feel like, like a found film type of thing. Which it was paranormal almost, activity. Which is almost worse. It was That's paranormal so activity. At least um, it wasn't like The Ring. Paranormal activity, yep. <laughs> I actually really like those movies now. But I was so scared and so timid that I never really would like, if people sent me links to things, I wouldn't click on them. Um, if people were like, oh my god, I saw this crazy video, never watch it. Um, just reply like, oh my god, that was so nuts. You're like, which parts did you like? And you're like, just the whole thing, crazy. No, um, <laughs> I do remember the bone chilling fear. Just dread. The first time I got one of those spooky ass text chains. That went around in like 2011. No, oh, I don't think I ever got one. Oh my I don't god. Think I had a phone okay, in 2011. So it was my first cell phone, which was a like fancy version of a flip phone because it had a full keyboard. But you could like send and take and send photos and it had like a screen and stuff like that. Um, there was this thing for a while where you would get a text from someone and it would be this like creepy ass story with like a weird edited picture attached to it and then it would be like if you don't send this to 10 people you're gonna die tomorrow um and they're hysterical now but when you're like 11 that's the scariest shit oh my god i was so terrified i got it like 1 30 in the morning too oh well now and i'm a timid person i'm scared of everything i either recognize that it was fraudulent right away or mm-hmm. I never got one. I don't remember which, but like if I got one now, I would just like block the number and be done with it. It's but. not a thing anymore. Um, it's not a thing. It was like the, in my opinion, it was the precursor to the creepypasta era. Oh, probably. Yeah. Because it was right before the like rise in popularity of that. It was probably two or three years before like Slenderman. Um, I think that was when the, the Momo photo was going wild. Oh, yeah. That type of thing. You'd get, like, that picture, and then you'd get just, like, a chunk of text that was weird and creepy. There's porn of her now. I'm not surprised. There's porn of everything. It's the internet. Also, I'm paranoid. Thank God you're here, because I feel like someone is staring at me, but I know it's just you. <laughs> well, now. Um, yeah, I have a lot of trauma. So... I just avoided a lot of things. True. So I just kind of avoided watching people die. Nice. Yeah. Familial trauma. Familial trauma. Um, Speaking of watching people die and on public ways, perfect segue here. Um, I was listening to a podcast today. Shout out to uh, Gruesome. No, gruesome. The ones who got us into podcasting. They covered a case of a young man who was groomed, sexually assaulted, and abducted by a very close family friend. A guy who wormed his way into their family for the sole purpose of abusing this kid, basically. And then kidnapped this kid. They found him. Found the kid. Uh, Kid was quote-unquote, okay, 
He wasn't injured. He wasn't in critical condition. But he'd been through a lot. Yeah. And um, they bring the guy back to the town or the city where he'd kidnapped the kid from. And while they are walking him through the airport, the dad shoots him in the head on live TV. Shoots him in the head on live TV. Apparently it's not very, like, gruesome. Because you can still find clips of it. Apparently he, you just hear a bang and the guy drops to the floor. Yeah. But still, the rage that this guy felt over what this person he trusted had done to his son. That fucking hurt, man. Um, I have never talked about this in a, a recorded atmosphere, I don't believe. And if I have, I did not go into a lot of detail. Yeah, I think you might have touched on it just a little bit in I, one of our previous episodes. But. I make jokes about it every now and then because I have, to this day, not processed all of the drama. Probably not even the tip of the iceberg because it's scary and I don't like to think about it. <laughs> um, I was groomed by a man on the internet. Um, and to say it that way does it such an injustice. <laughs> This is one of the most insane stories about my life. And I think the thing that's so insane about it is how long it lasted. I think that's what like makes it so fucking crazy. Um, I don't know how much detail I'm going to go into here, but I think I'm just going to go for it. I think I'm just going to go for it. So there's a heads up. Um, this story does contain grooming and a grooming of a minor obviously by by an older individual um mentions of sexual assault i'm not going to go into details no need for that narcissism extreme narcissism and uh victim blaming at the very least there's more things i'm going to talk about i don't know how in detail i'm going to but the moral of this story is, before I jump into the whole thing, hearing this podcast and and hearing about the father killing the man who abused his child felt so vindicating to me because it is the farthest thing that will ever happen to what happened to me. Um, so let's begin. <laughs> My, I have to, I have to give a little bit of weird backstory to this for it to make sense. When I was in seventh grade, so when I was like 11 or 12, um, I had a boyfriend. I dated him for like eight months. We broke up. It's fine. Uh, it's not cause he cheated on me. And then he went to the school ahead of me and spread a bunch of rumors about me. So, cause he was great about me. So by the time I got there, like a year later, my freshman year of high school, 13 years old, uh, I had no friends because people were convinced that I was this like crazy psycho because I actually got my heart broken in my very first relationship in a pretty traumatic way that even adults can't handle. Getting cheated on? I was 12, dude. <laughs> like, that's such an insane thing to say. Like, I, that's a whole thing. Um, so I get to high school, I have no friends, 
I am a lonely, sad person. I am also mentally ill now at this point, probably semi-severely depressed. At like 13. Um, I am also part of the cosplay community here in Southern California. And I throw myself 110% into that because it makes me happy and there's nice people and there's fun things to do and I can make beautiful things and I can turn this sadness into things that make me happy. So I start doing that more and more and more. And I join some local groups and I'm chatting with people. Keep again, keep in mind again that I am like 13 on Facebook. And um, I'm talking about cosplays that I want to do coming up and I start talking to this guy. He lives in Orange County. He is at this point 19 years old, six years older. And we really click. It's a weird thing to say when you're talking about a 19 year old man and a 13 year old child. And we start talking nonstop. I mean, nonstop. When I'm not in class, I'm texting him. Sometimes when I'm in class, I'm texting him. Um, he's, he, we're just talking back and forth constantly. And then he comes down to San Diego for an event. We hang out and it, I don't know. That first day was very hard for me because that was the first time I realized like, oh my God, this is real big boy love. Like I was like, holy shit, I'm in love with this guy. And I've never felt this feeling before because I am at this point, probably about 14 years old. Most people don't know what, what big boy love feels like at 14 years old. And I was so isolated that I just fucking latched onto him and he became my whole fucking world. Um, and I would do anything to protect that to the point where in the beginning, actually for the whole time, I lied to my parents. I lied to my parents to cover for him because he had brainwashed me so well that I was willing to jeopardize everything for him. Um, I was also constantly terrified that if I did tell anyone what was going on, that he would go to jail and it would be my fault. And that was terrifying. I didn't want to be the reason that he went to jail. Because I was like, oh, well, I want to spend my time with him. I want to interact with him. I want to talk to him. So obviously this means this is, like, I am culpable in this and this is okay. I'm 14. He is 20 now. I am now almost 24 years old. I still struggle with the concept that this isn't my fault. Because I did want to spend time with him. I did love him. I did want to spend, to give everything I could to him because I was so infatuated with him. But also he was so fucking good at grooming me and brainwashing me. And not only me, he wormed his way into my family. Um, through some circumstances, he ended up moving down to the same city that I lived in. And my parents were assisting him with living things. Um, 
and he was very ingratiated in our lives. He came to family dinner every Sunday. And that was the highlight of my week because I've been texting him all week and video chatting him and talking on the phone. And now I get to see him. But like I'm 15 and he's 21. And also about one-ish year into our relationship, I caught him cheating on me. I caught him because he was talking to this girl from the community college he was going to. And he was telling me like, no, there's nothing there. Like you're, you're, you're overthinking it. This is your past trauma. Like she's just a friend, you know, you're so, uh, you're like freaking out so much. If you just take a step back and like try to be her friend, it'll be okay. You just need to get to know her. And I saw them together at a, at a convention that I went to him with and the way they were interacting and it just the rage that I felt inside me. So I was like, why is he touching her like that? He's only supposed to be touching me like that. Keep in mind, he's telling everyone that we're like best friends because he can't admit to strangers that he's dating a 15 year old. And people know how old he is. So I, I like psych myself out. I listen to his like gaslighting cause I'm, I'm 14 years old and I'm like, okay, maybe I am thinking into this too much. Maybe this is me. And I tried to be friends with her. I was texting with her, I was talking with her. We got on a Skype call and we were really like talking with each other, really get, trying to get to know each other. And um, she calls him her boyfriend. And just the, the instant heart drop and face blush of like what the fuck is one of the most panic inducing feelings I've ever had um and I talked to her and I was like well how long have you guys been dating and she goes oh you know three or four months I was like oh interesting because um next month is our year anniversary and I told her I I was upset with her but I wasn't because she didn't know even at 14 I knew that like she didn't know um I, we agreed. We were like, we're going to both break up with him. He doesn't deserve either of us. He deserves none of it. I, I called him on the phone. I remember my parents were gone. I was sitting in my bathroom, sobbing, yelling at him over the phone. Why would you do this to me? Why would you do this to me? I know what you did. And he never admitted it, but I broke up with him. But I couldn't get away from him because we couldn't tell my parents what happened. And he was so dependent on them. And I was still so brainwashed by his grooming that I was like, I'm not gonna ruin his life over this. I just don't wanna see him. Um, so he kept coming around every week. And they dated for another like month or two. And then they broke, they broke up, I think. And we got back together. And I didn't catch him cheating on me again until right at the end. But that was three and a half years later. <laughs> I'm sh I know for a fact, actually, that he was cheating on me the whole time. Um, one of the only saving graces that I have from that relationship is that I never actually like had sex with him.
And thank fucking God, because I feel like I would have, like, it would have been bad. It would have been bad. But I was so scared of how bad it would hurt from everything that I'd heard that I just didn't do it. I, I refused. I flat refused. And you mean uh, physically hurt, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, also, I had it convinced, like, stuck in my head that if, even if we were dating and we got caught that we were dating, as long as we never had sex, he couldn't go to jail. Which is not correct. It's not. But I was also 15. I don't know. I don't know the judicial system. Um, I don't know the judicial system. I went to college and I still don't really know the whole judicial system. It's insane. Um, but yeah. Um, he was so ingratiated in my family that I went to his community college, uh, graduation ceremony, which was in the, the same venue, um, and the same day as my high school senior prom. Um, we took photos together before and I had a date to prom and I went with him. But I was so scared that when I went home, I'd get yelled at by him. Because he couldn't go to prom with me, but I wasn't going to go alone. So I took a date to prom. He gave, oh, he didn't give me shit for it, but he was like, he made it very clear that he was not happy about it. Yeah. Um, God. There's like so much in this. That I don't really want to go into because I don't want to put my whole family's bullshit out on the internet yet. Yet. I might elaborate on this again later. Um, but yeah, I was so well-groomed and so well-brainwashed that despite everything that happened, I let this guy control me for like four and a half years. Almost four and a half years. I broke up with him when I left um, my hometown to go to college the first time because I didn't want to do long distance. And I used that as the excuse because I was ready. I was so ready months before that I was ready, but I was so scared because I knew I would still see him every week. Knew it. So when I left for college, I broke up with him um, and I would come home every now and then and sometimes he'd be there sometimes he would be there um or i would i would tell my parents when i was coming down the week before so they would plan their weekly dinner with him the day i wasn't coming down because they still did that um after we broke up it would probably be six or seven months before i told my family and I didn't tell them because I didn't want to cause a problem. I was like, it's done. I'm living in another city. I don't have to talk to him if I don't want to. It's fine. It's just me. I don't need to make it an everyone else problem. And then a friend of mine posted uh, a status, a very passive aggressive status on Facebook. And I was like, God, you make me sick. Just like, that was it. 
And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. And I commented on it and I was like, dude, me too. And then I found out we were talking about the same person. So we get to talking. And I learn so much shit that has happened since he and I broke up. Stuff that happened before we broke up. All kinds of shit from this person. Who, great person, we're still friends to this day. Um, and that day I had like a full-blown panic attack and I went to my aunt's house because she, she lives in the same area that this college was. And I sat down at her table and I told her almost everything. Because I've never told anyone aside from, I think maybe you and my therapist, the whole truth. Um, I told her everything or almost everything. I told her, I told her enough and she was absolutely furious and so what I don't remember if I called my mom or when I went home I told my mom everything because I was terrified of telling my dad because he expressly told me multiple times like you are not allowed to do anything more than like a friendship with this person because he I think he, he knew the whole time he just didn't want to admit it there were signs there were so many signs the fact that he mentioned that a couple times like he he knew but he didn't want to know and I didn't want to make him know because that was going to be bad for me. So I told my parents, I told my mom, which of course means that my dad found out. And it did not go the way that it should have. And to backpedal a little bit, I'm not saying that my dad should have shot this guy in the head. Absolutely not. No one deserves to die for the most part. Like, he, he was a piece of shit. He probably doesn't deserve that. Right. Like, at least, it, I don't know, you know? Weird way to phrase it. Probably, for what happened to you. Yes. Certainly, without a shadow of a doubt, nobody deserves to die. My darling love. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'm confused, but it's fine. Um, sure, yeah, for what he did to me, he does not deserve to die. Because I don't know the extent of what he's done. So I guess that's what you're saying. Okay. Anyway. Um, but something should have happened. You know? Something. Um, but instead, for, for, for context, I told my parents probably in like February of, or March of 2017. Um, as far as I know, the last contact with him was this time last year. So 2021. He haunted me for an additional five years while went on vacation with my parents. Uh, texted my mom every day. Phone calls with my dad every now and then. When I was in my car accident with my dad, I was the one who had to be the go-between between my family and him because they wanted him in the loop on everything. I had to call this man on the phone for the first time in like three years to tell him what had happened. They made me do that. 
after having just been in a traumatic car accident. He haunted me for a fucking decade, man. And it, it just, the worst part about it is when I told my family for the first time, they sat me down and told me it was my fault because I didn't listen. It's my fault. They told me I couldn't do it. I did it anyway. It's my fault. I was 13 when we met. You're going to look at me, look me in the face and tell me that a 13 year old deserves to be groomed, sexually assaulted, verbally assaulted, manipulated, um, gaslit, brainwashed because he told me I couldn't do it. That I deserve all of that. Like that's insanity. And it's fucked up my healing process so much more because I couldn't escape him for years. I'm finally now, you know, a year-ish out from the, the quote-unquote last time of contact because I don't know for, for sure that that is. I hope. I hope to all God that that actually happened. But I don't know, you know? I thought they'd stopped contacting a long time ago. Obviously, I was wrong. Um, and the worst part is that he was so good at the manipulation. He was so good at it that people I haven't seen in years sometimes, what, like some of my mom's friends or um, people from high school that I see every now and then, they always ask about him. They always ask him, oh, how is um, that guy you used to hang out with? Or how, you're... the worst is when they call him my brother because my mom used to call him her son. Uh, oh, how's your brother? And I'm like, wait, what? And every single time I have to look at that and relive the fact that he was so fucking good at pulling the wool over people's eyes that no one wanted to see what was going on. Like, I will never forget sitting in my bedroom. I think I was 17 years old. Probably 1.30 in the morning on Friday. I'm on Skype on my laptop sitting in my bed. Silently sobbing. As he holds a ring and a box up on his camera. After a fight that we have just had. That says, don't forget... I'm going to marry you. And then closes it. And realizing that, like, this was the only possible future I saw for myself. Because if I didn't have him, I had no one. But if I had no one, I had to live with myself. And there's a lot going on up here that is not fun. <laughs> Living with a bunch of mental disorders and a bunch of trauma on top of it makes my head kind of scary. And I don't like to be in there a lot. Yeah, I don't think you've actually noticed it, but you've ceased growing as a person. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, you've completely stagnated. You're yeah. actually pretty much unchanged for at least the last two years that I've known you. Yeah. And the worst part because is because you I, can't you can't reflect internally. The worst part is I want to. I want to be a better person. I want to go on the journey that you're going on because you. You're so incredible and I see such beautiful change in you and I want to be that. 
But every time I peek behind the curtain, I get so scared. Because I don't want to have to admit how bad it is. I don't want to have to look at all the shit that's in there and be like, oh my god, you went through that. Couldn't be me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but also I have a severe mental disorder, which makes me also doubt how I view things. Because I've always lived with anxiety. I've always been the what if kid, the I'm scared of everything, the everything bad is going to happen. And then I had to live in a constant state of fight or flight for four and a half years while I was dating this guy. And then as soon as I was starting to get out of that and get my feet under me, bipolar smacked me in the face with his big fat cock and was like, no bitch, good fucking luck. And every single time I get to that point where I'm like, I'm ready to start looking, it's all compounded on itself. There's layers and layers and layers and layers of bullshit that just gets darker every year I get away from it because the rose-colored glasses are faded. And that's scary. Because I don't want to, like, fall headfirst into everything that's wrong with me. Because then I have to face the fact that, like, I don't know why anyone wants to be around me ever. Like, I don't know if I like myself. But I don't know how to fix it. How many friends have you lost in the last two years? The only ones I have. So people don't want to be around you now. Yes. Is what you just said. Yes. And I don't know how to fix it. Well, the only way to fix it is to do the work. Yeah. You know, the concept that you have to like yourself before other people can like you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can help me with that. Mayhaps. Because I don't know if I can do it on my own. More of a therapist's job. I will be by your side. Thank you. I love you, Sarah. I love you, Griffin. Now I'm scared you're going to leave. I always think about that um, thing that your grandma said that one time. It sits in the back of my head and it scares the shit out of me. Mm, Yeah. It lives there rent-free. Yeah, my grandma's kind of a bitch. (laughs) No, she's a wise woman. Yes. She said some shit. And you want to talk about that? Um, we're allowed to talk about okay. that. Okay, one time your grandma came to you and said that if you go to college, you're going to outgrow me. And it lives in my head rent-free because it's happening in real time. I don't know how to fix it because I don't want to leave you. You got to work on yourself. I know. You got to peel back the layers. And you got to cry. Oh, don't do that to me. You got to cry now. I'm going to actually cry. I know. And that's okay. I'm not going to cry on podcasts. Why not? Because I hate crying in front of people. So now is your time to grow. I'm not. Now is your time to grow. I'm not going to cry on Now is the time <laughs> to feel your feelings. Because you feel lost. And you feel alone. But you're never really going to be alone. Sarah. And it's not because you have me. And it's not because you have your parents. It's because you have you. Yeah. We are not going to fade out and die together. No one leaves this world with another person. You can only leave this world with you. 
would you love the person walking next to you out of this world? What do you mean? Yourself. Oh, I have no idea. Probably not. Probably not. Probably don't even love myself now. <laughs> we have to get to the point. You have to get to the point where you can love the person that you have to leave this world with. Because it'll never be me. Yeah. It'll never be your mom, your dad, your best friend. It'll be you. Yeah. It's going to be you. Yeah. You have to learn how to love you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to help you. Okay. <laughs> Promise. Promise. Give me that pinky. Yeah. Uh. Uh oh. Something's playing on my phone. Did you unlock the TikTok of all things? Nope. It was, uh, it was, uh, Charlie <laughs> talking about the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Oh my God. Yeah. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And Charlie made a, made a guest appearance on our stream or our fucking podcast. He sure did. Probably Thanks, just a man. little whisper. Yeah. Anywho, that was a good one. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Got me crying. Powerful. Powerful stuff. Yeah. Hey, you tell us how you like that format. Um, and the more personal stuff. Yeah, and, please do. Uh, Hit us up on Instagram at what's haunting your head pod. Absolutely. Please um, do that. And drop a follow and a like. Yeah, we're on Spotify and Amazon. Please leave us at least something somewhere. Thank you. <laughs> Love you guys. It's been real. It's been good. It's been real good. See you next time. Bye.